Currency Press is Australia's foremost publisher of the performing arts. We've been sharing Australian stories since 1971, and with those stories, we've also shared insights, ideas, and critiques. We think of them as the stories about stories, stories behind stories, preparing us for the journey that we're about to undertake. Hello, I'm Toby Leon, and this is Not in Print. Today, Louis Naurer is going to read his introduction to Radiance, which was first performed in 1993 at the Belvoir Street Theatre in Sydney. It's called Women on the Mud Flats, and it charts the journey of the work from a single image, into the shape of a story, to the premiere production and beyond. But this isn't just a recount of the tale. If you're a believer in fate, you'll see that Radiance is a story that was destined to be told. Here's Louis reading Women on the Mud Flats, which he wrote for the double edition of Radiance, the play and the screenplay, which Currency published in 2000. In the late 1980s, I was staying at Kinker Beach, a few kilometres from Yapoon in Queensland. I was right in residence in nearby Rockhampton, but as I wasn't keen on the town, I stayed in a small motel that overlooked the sea. It intrigued me how the ocean would look beautiful one moment and just a few hours later be transformed into mudflats. It seemed to stretch all the way to Great Keppel Island. The island was once inhabited by Aborigines. It was now a tourist resort of dubious splendour. Their best-selling T-shirt was, I got wrecked on Great Keppel. And when I saw the burnt, drunken faces returning on the evening boats, I guess the T-shirts were apt. But it was the sight of an unknown woman walking across the nocturnal mudflats as they glistened in the moonlight one evening that stirred my imagination. I knew I'd use the image, but when and how? A few years later, a friend from Queensland told me how she'd care for a dying mother. In common with many families, the burden of looking after the parent was taken on by the child who was not the favourite. Her mother's five children all had different fathers, and the funeral was a strange and awkward family reunion of girls who didn't really know one another. The image from the mudflats and the story of my friend began to move towards one another. An entry in my diary records a moment when the play emerged. In early May 1992, I was driving from Canberra when, as I noted, I cracked the play on the highway. Heading down the road, I'd been seized by the image of three Aboriginal half-sisters standing on the glistening mudflats staring towards what would become Nora Island. I even knew that the play's title would be Radiance. It was taken from an unfinished play I had abandoned. So I was pleased with the coincidence that happened on the day I arrived back in Melbourne, where I was living for a brief time. Sitting in the bar of my local, I saw amidst the knickknacks on the mantelpiece an early 20th century licorice nougat tin. The nougat was called Radiance. A more important moment of serendipity was to come the next day when Lydia Miller, who played Toki in my stage adaptation of Xavier Herbert's novel Capricornia, visited me. She asked if I would write something for herself and Rhoda Roberts. Something about sisters, she said. I told her I had already started. I worked on Radiance for the rest of the year. It was slow to come together, perhaps more so than any other play I've written. There was a mysterious core to the play that I just couldn't articulate. Some secret between the sisters which I'd struggled to define or even identify. On the 26th of October, I dropped the play off at Belvoir Street Theatre. It was still unfinished. The second half had the three sisters on the mudflats, but I, I was still wrestling with the enigma of their relationship. I knew that I was slowly but surely discovering the characters of May and Nona, that Cressy was proving a stubborn problem. 
I, I didn't know why she was so defensive when she returned to her hometown and why she seemed to dislike her mother so much. At Belvoir Street, it was thought that a woman director might help me solve the problem. At that time, the actress Roselba Clemente was just starting to direct. I liked the emotional undercurrent she squeezed out of a play she had directed called A Little Light Drowning, and I talked to her about Radiance. Belvoir Street had not yet committed to producing the play, and Lydia and Rhoda talked about producing it themselves. In the event, however, Belvoir Street produced with Roselba directing, Lydia as Cressy, Rhoda as Nona, and as May, Carly Balling, who had been in my plays Some of the Aliens and Byzantine Flowers. In the final months of 1993, I had several intense meetings with Roselba, who gave me copious notes in her scrupulous handwriting. Then, as I laconically remarked in my diary entry for December the 1st, she gave me the major plot point. We had been talking endlessly about the relationship between the sisters and the man who fathered Nona, but I was stubbornly resisting the confrontation with the obvious, that Nona was Cressy's child. Once Roselba offered her suggestion, a major strand of the play emerged. The mystery that I could not identify was solved. Perhaps only someone of an Italian temperament could have pointed out such a dramatic plot point. Other directors may have shied away from its almost operatic emotionalism, but I'll always be grateful for her suggestion. Cressy became a real character in my mind for the first time. And just when we thought everything was in place, Kylie had to drop out of the play and return to Melbourne. In late 1994, we asked Rachel Mazza to play May. During rehearsals, the three actresses determined that Radiance should not be seen as, quote, an Aboriginal play. In other words, they didn't want an issue-based play where the Aboriginal characters became abstractions in order to make polemical points. So all references to the women's Aboriginality were cut. Although the characters were obviously Aboriginal, the most important thing was the emotional narrative. The play centres on three family members who are strangers. It deals with their efforts to come to terms with each other and with the devastating consequences of family secrets. From these things came other resonances. In early September, we had many run-throughs as we tried to solve the claustrophobic slow pace of Act 1. It was difficult for me to get the right balance between the emotional distance of the characters and their attempts to bridge it, because so little happens. The play went well once it opened, however and I will always treasure my memories from it. In particular, I retain an image of the three characters standing in the shallow water of the mudflats, Nona wearing her kimono, Cressy in a little black dress, and May in a wedding gown. In fact, of all my plays, Radiance is the only one which I could have gone back night after night. It's hard to analyse my attraction to it. Perhaps it can be traced to the family secrets of my own childhood. Sometimes the core of one's identity is based upon a secret or a mystery. There have been other productions. Wesley Enoch's at the Queensland Theatre Company was particularly moving. Insisted I change the ending so that it finished with Nona joyously scattering the tin of ashes. It was right, because as Enoch understood, not only had Nona's mother come home, but scattering the ashes signified Nona's journey into adulthood. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not In Print. You can find out more about who we are and view our full catalogue at currencypress.com.au. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or would like to make a suggestion about future episodes, please let us know via Facebook or Twitter. This episode was produced by Currency Press.